Hello, folks. Welcome to the Knickknack Podcast. This will be Season 14, Episode 7, Chasing the Numbers. And uh, in this episode, I'm going to kind of try and pull back and uh, look at what I've been doing uh, over the past couple weeks um, since I produced the last episode and try and gain some perspective um, and and guidance. So um, grab your favorite beverage, grab your favorite uh tobacco product if you so indulge I've been trying to cut that part of this out but I keep forgetting to not say that but anyway get comfortable um I will be right back I have gotten into this mode relative to podcasting uh, where I am spending more time looking at download statistics. Um, I've always kind of glanced at it and kept an eye on it. Um, generally speaking, um, I think I got to the point with this show where I managed to get a decent audience um, I got a decent audience with the Flight Sim uh, podcast, and I pod faded and tried to come back, and it hasn't been the same since I tried to come back for the umpteenth time. And that's honestly the way podcasting goes. You know, you pod fade and uh, people unsubscribe, uh, or they move on to other things, Um and that, you know, you just, you can't get them back, unfortunately. Once you lose them, they're kind of gone. So, um, bottom line here is I've been chasing the numbers on both podcasts, trying to figure out ways to, uh, get more people to download it, um, without, you know, like advertising or too much, too much self-aggrandizing or too much self-publicity. Um, and I, as I'm kind of sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, you know, popularity is not, you know, why you started podcasting necessarily. Uh, you started podcasting to uh, really kind of process your feelings and get things out there and, um, you know, use it as a kind of a, an open journal to the world um, and just kind of you know, get your raw feelings out there and, and just process stuff. Um, partly because I don't have a lot of social connections. Uh, that's, you know, part of why I use this medium. But also because um, I think my internal world is interesting. Um, and I think I think putting that up to some public scrutiny is probably worth noting maybe in the future or maybe now I don't know I'm probably suffering from dis delusions of grandeur on that one but um over the past couple months you know I think I think the episode not the tech person I once was uh was an important uh marked an important point in self-revelation and self-reflection. Uh, the fact that I've been, you know, I started out kind of doing web stuff and techie stuff and learning about multimedia and then, you know, went off into the game design direction um, and, you know, kind of had that spun out, spin out on me and ultimately going in the you know, web prog web broadcasting, kind of audio broadcasting uh, direction and have that be mostly what I was doing for the last uh, 13, 14 years or so. Um, so, you know, in, in that adventure, uh, you know, as I involve myself in a project that is more multimedia in oriented, um, I find myself um, with not as much knowledge and not as much skill as I feel I should have, and with my knowledge and skill that I do have, you know, it's been idle for 12, 13 years, so I just, you know, I, 
it's like I'm I'm starting over again with tech in a lot of ways. Um, and it's an odd position to be in because, you know, as much as I think um, I've learned a lot and grown a lot and gained a lot of experience from what I've done over the past 13, 14 years, um, you know, it's not... It's not where I started and not where I thought I would be. Um, I was reflecting early th- earlier this morning, kind of tracing where I've been over, you know, the past decade or so. Um, and uh, Occupy Seattle was an important point in my life, um, not only because of, of the protest and, you know, going down to downtown Seattle and being part of that, uh, for whatever that was worth, um, you know, that, that in and of itself was important, but that, that happened, uh, when it happened, uh, at that point in my life because I was studying airline dispatching and failing at that point, um, and because I was failing, I needed something else to kind of distract me, um, and that's what... You know, Occupy Seattle filled that void. Um, and then when I kind of reached the point where, you know, I, I need to move on from Occupy Seattle, the opportunity presented itself to do some traveling and do some hitchhiking and that sort of stuff. So, um, I think long, t- long time listeners will kind of know and be familiar with, um, how that hitchhiking trip unfolded and, you know, the, you know, ultimately having it leading to, um, being stuck on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, uh, in, in, in Canada, essentially being stranded and homeless. Um, and then, you know, cleaning myself up after that, going back to, uh, Green River Community College in Auburn, Washington, where, you know, in the dorms where I was staying at the time. Um, you know, got to the point where the semester was over, um, you know, though I, though I ultimately paid all my fees to stay at the dorm for the last semester, I was a little, little slow about it because I, I didn't realize that rent was paid monthly, or that rent was, um, paid, was not paid monthly, it was paid in a different structure, so not realizing that I was a little late on when I was, my last payment was due, and of course, all my stuff was in Seattle, and I was in, you know, Wyoming or some such, um, and just, you know, it, it was, late 2011 was interesting, I'll put it that way, um, so, you know, um, trying to remember back, um, you know, at the end of 2011, um, you know, I, I, after stranding myself in Victoria, um, finding my way back to Seattle and the dorms where at least I had, you know, shelter, um, for a couple weeks, um, you know, I was, I was, I, I think it was, it's fair to say I was not well and, you know, sick and having, mental health struggles, to say the least, um, and that culminated in me, you know, having to move out of the dorm with no way to move my stuff out, had to leave some stuff behind, not for the first time in my moving experience, and not for the first time in my having to move out of, you know, having to move out of the Seattle area for the second time, um, you know, and, you know, that not, not being able to stay in Seattle, um, being able, being, failing to be able to stay in Seattle twice, uh, that really hurt my pride and my ego, um, and, you know, I, I think, I think, as I recall, I stayed with my dad for the first, uh, five months of 2012, uh, before he kicked me out in May of 2012, and I ended up 
um, managing um, through my evil wannabe stepmother and my uh, father and some lucky circumstances, quite honestly. Um, I was able to secure the apartment I am currently in uh, and have been able to stay in for eight years. Uh, and though the apartment is not in great shape currently or in general, um, after, you know, eight years of living here, um, you know, I've been able to stay here, uh, I've been able to have Section 8, um, for a number of years, and, you know, I've been real lucky, um, thus far, I've been secure in home, um, and, um, you know, relatively secure in, in other ways, um, for the past eight years. Um, and I've had my misadventures and my fits and starts and, you know, various attempts to try and get out of Chico. Um, and as much as it, it sucks to look back and say, oh shit, I've been here for eight years. What have I done? Um, by the same token, you know, I'm lucky to to have a fallback. Um, and with the way the current world is, um, and the way, you know, my, my bubble of being housing secure and financially secure is, you know, really in great danger of being popped at any moment, um, you know, still, I'm, I'm lucky to have what I have, um, and I, it would be good if I kind of took, took stock of that once in a while, um, and it would be good if I kind of, you know, say, okay, I'm, I have to relearn my technology, I have to relearn where I sit within the multimedia space, I have to figure out what am I good at, um, because I've, I've crashed and burned a lot over the past, I'd say year, maybe a little bit longer, um, but you know, I crashed and burned with the KZFR stuff, um, just could not keep up, was not, uh, dedicating myself enough to it, not investing enough into it, uh, and it really showed it was a massive embarrassment and a massive failure. Uh, and then coming off that embarrassment and failure and the, you know, the, the drama of leaving the Peace and Justice Center, um, you know, I, I, I kind of started, you know, had the crash and burn kind of started to dust myself off, um, and then, uh, applied for the, you know, the, um, peer advocacy job, um, and thought, well, Okay, I've been working really hard. Uh, I've just kind of fallen down and dusted myself off. You know, let's try this again and give it another go. I've been working really hard with my counselor on many, many things for about three years. And, you know, this is, I felt like that job was kind of the culmination of a lot of that work. Uh, I even promised my counselor that I would hold on to the job for a year, which obviously I didn't do, because three months later, um, I, uh, you know, I, I was kind of in this back-and-forth relationship, um, long-distance relationship, um, and, you know, when, when I, when I realized that although I wanted to remain friends with this person, I I kept crossing the line between friendship and relationship, and they kept crossing the line between friendship and relationship, and ultimately I needed to um, end both of any sort of relationship and any sort of friendship with this person to be able to move on and pick up on the next thing. So there was that, and then there was another friendship that kind of crashed and burned, um, and there's my, you know, continual, continual, um, you know, problem of, of not being as stable on medi- medications as I should be. 
uh, and that all kind of wrapped up into one in March, and I ended up, you know, leaving the job. Um, and, you know, kind of in the wake of all that, again, I started to pick myself up and dust myself off and try and figure out, okay, what's next? You know, how do I, how do I clean up from this mess? Um, and right as I started to, you know, make a few cautious steps and, you know, in kind of recovering from the, the second crash and burn within a year's time, um, I, the quarantine happened, and, um, you know, that, that has kind of been chaos, um, you know, um, at first, I think, like many other people, I thought, oh, well, this is a great time to catch up on my, some of my projects, this is a great time to, um, you know, just enjoy being alone, uh, because generally I'm not very social, generally I don't leave the house very much, um, so initially I thought to myself, well, this isn't going to be that hard, you know, and it'll be what it is, and I'll keep going, um, and then when the Black Lives Matter issue came up, um, I think it's really evident if you look at the podcast episodes released around late May and then in the month of June, um, that interview, uh, was awesome. Um, that was a standard out episode, I think, um, looking back on it, that showed that I, that I did gain some positive knowledge and experience from my time with KZFR and the Peace and Justice Center, so, uh, I think that episode shows that all was not lost. Uh, I gained something out of that experience, and I can, in future, uh, potentially produce more of that content. Um, but I think I also overdid it in my emotional reactions, um, and in my, you know, struggle to be an activist, a virtual activist, really, you know, laziest, whatever you want to call it, virtual activist, laziest. Uh, in my, in my struggle in that role, in that role in that position, uh, within what was going on in the world, um, you know, late May and June was, was a hard month for me. Um, and, you know, the realities of quarantine, you know, now at this point going into <clears throat> mid-July, uh, looking at the later part of July, um, you know, I, I have taken a positive step, generally speaking, in that I volunteered to work on a project. Um, my work on that project hasn't been stellar thus far. Um, I need to kind of regroup and, and refocus my efforts on this project and, and try and move forward so be as best I can. Um, my, inability to work well with others, uh, continues to be a problem, um, and that's on my end, that's not on other people's end, that's on my end, um, and going back to, you know, some of the experiences I've had, um, you know, at, to a certain extent of the Peace and Justice Center, uh, and then going back further, uh, you know, looking at my time with Sky Blue Radio and the various times I left that job kind of rage quitting. Um, and then looking at, uh, my experience with iFly Simax and FS Elite going way, way back. Um, you know, I, my, my inability to work with others is a problem. Um, and I think that's a problem that's amped that's put, that can be amplified right now under the current conditions that we're all under, where we're in, we're all under a lot of stress, uh, wherein the only way we're interacting with each other is through, uh, internet. Um, nobody talks on the phone or anymore or anything like that. It's all, you know, Zoom or Skype or, uh, Facebook or Twitter. Um, you know, or signal in some cases, but, you know, in that environment, you know, there's a lot of stress anyway, and then on top of that, 
there is my interpersonal challenges, my inability to get along and work well with others. Um, and I think it, you know, is something that I need to work on. Um, you know, and then of course there's the final element. Um, there is the flight sim addiction, uh, which I've been struggling with for well over 20 years. And well, flight sim, uh, you know, even as I speak, I'm flying. Um, well, flight sim is an important part of my life, um, is the, um, realization of my passion for aviation, which is important in, in my life. Um, you know, it giveth and it taketh away. Um, and, uh, I actually did some writing this morning, um, and I don't know when or if I'm going to release it, but, you know, it focused on, re you know, really reminding myself and, and starting to self-reflect and say, and say, hey, uh, you're addicted to flight sim. Time to step back and look at this. See what your options are. Um, you know, the next, the release of the next generation sims, P3D V5, and the new Microsoft Flight Sim, uh, coming out in late August, that gives you an opportunity to unplug. Gives you an opportunity to step back. Um, and it is worth thinking about, um, potentially unplugging or stepping back or, at the very least, not immediately jumping on the next sim platform and, you know, dumping a bunch of money in computer hardware and uh, the new software add-ons, uh, as I am inclined to do. Um, so, some positives uh, that I want to focus on. Um, the main positive this month um, has been... Uh, in, in regards to budgeting, uh, I laid out a budget towards late June, um, going into July, um, wherein I laid things out, um, and I think if I give myself a second here, I can actually run through those budget numbers. Yes, I can. Um, <clears throat> so, going into July... I calculated things out, uh, you know, rent, power, uh, internet, phone, food, um, laundry, transportation, uh, what else we got here, um, streaming packages, you know, uh, Disney Plus at the moment, uh, Amazon Music, unfortunately, and, um, you know, my uh, paying for Google One, the Google storage, Google Cloud storage that I've been using to back up. Uh, I've significantly reduced uh, the subscription I pay to the level of the subscription I pay to Google, but it's still, you know, like four bucks a month or something. Um, you know, my total spending in that category is just under $14. So, um, so yeah, streaming services, I pay $14 a month. Uh, for the audio podcasting services to host this podcast and FS Ride Along, so that's an expense. Um, I spent about $7 this month, month on cigarettes. Uh, I will run out of tobacco, so I'm going to regret that as, uh, you know, kind of how, gonna have to come to terms with where I let that fall within my budget at some point, but it is, I think that's notable that, that what I dedicated to cigarettes this month was kind of, okay, what's left over that I can, some money, leftover money that I can spend that isn't gonna kill me. Well, I have $6.50 for cigarettes, so I'm going to buy a bag of tobacco, small bag of tobacco, and that's gonna be it, so that's what I did this month. Um, and then my other expenses, um, the uh, navigation subscription that uh, I pay for for flight sim. Some months I try to get away without having that service. Uh, honestly, it really helps with the flight sim, though. Uh, so that's $10 a month. 
uh, and then there's my subscription to, um, or my membership to the Democratic Socialists of America, which is an important component of my life right now, albeit, uh, it's limit, it's relegated to, uh, being an important part of my virtual life more than it is an important part of my actual life because of quarantine. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to run through the numbers individually. I'll just give you the general sense of it. Um, my total mandatory expenses, rent, power, uh, internet, phone, and food, and laundry, and transportation, all that gives me um, an exp- uh, expenses in July of 657 dollars and 29 cents um i have significantly increased my food budget partly because um as a result of quarantine and as a result of quite honestly laziness um i have um started uh getting my food via instacart at the start of the month and you know i i'm not able to tip as well as I might like, um, and the fees and expenses do add to the grocery bill, um, but it is, especially in this current circumstances, circumstance, a better way of doing it than going down to the store and, you know, trying to maximize my groceries, not only by how much, you know, not only by a budget of slightly more than a hundred dollars and trying to buy as much food as I can for that amount of money. Um, but also being limited on by what I can physically carry home, generally limited to about two bags, two reusable bags of groceries. So, uh, Instacart is the more practical solution. Uh, or it was in July anyway. I can't remember if I did that in June or not as well, but, um, so, uh, you know, going, going through June as I did, um, I, you know, got to the point where I was using canned food. Um, you know, I didn't run out of food. I wasn't really in danger of running out of food. I have enough, uh, leftover canned food and foodstuffs to last me for a while if it ever gets really, really tight. But it, but it got to the point where it's like, I don't want to eat any of the food that I have on hand. Um, and you know that's a privileged point to be at. You know you're rel- you're pretty few food secure if you get to the point of realizing, oh, the food I have in my house is not food that I want to eat. You know you kind of got to take that in perspective and go, well, fuck. At least you have food in your in your house. You lucky bastard. Quit complaining and just eat the fucking food you have. But um, nonetheless, having gone through that experience in June, I I really. You know, going into July, I really stopped and thought, okay, make sure you're food secure. Um, so my total food expenditures this month, uh, keeping in mind that I did, you know, pay the, the fees and the, the tip and, um, you know, go, uh, shopped at, um, Save Mart, I think, instead of, uh, Food Max or Grocery Outlet. Uh, or, uh, Winco as I might normally do, cause, you know, grocery outlet is obviously the cheapest option and also closest to me geographically. Um, second cheapest option is Winco and, uh, you know, uh, somewhere in between grocery outlet and Winco is Food Max. Um, and I don't really, you know, not all the brands I want, uh, I think it's El Monterey or El Montgomery is the brand of frozen burritos I like. Um, and, you know, I buy a eight to ten packs of frozen burritos a month. Uh, judge that however you will. Um, but I'm not able to get, uh, suffice it to say, that's a significant portion of the food I regularly eat and the food I regularly buy. So not being able to get that brand... At Food Max, uh, I decided to bite the bullet and spend a little bit more by shopping at Save Mart via Instacart this month. So, in total, uh, instead of my food budget being roughly $110, uh, it worked out to be a little over $170 this month, which 
again, you know, as I'm looking at the numbers, as I'm looking at the way I'm spending my money, um, I realized in June I, I had a hard wake-up call and said, you need to spend more money on food. Um, you know, you're, you're not managing your money well. You're becoming food insecure by choice. You need to not do that. So, um, I, I think it's noteworthy that I made sure I spent more money on food this month. Uh, and going into next month, uh, granted, you know, this is just initial figures, but I have $175 budgeted for food, um, going into next month. <clears throat> now, um, the other thing I'll note is, um, you know, I am working on slowly buying the components for a new new computer. Um, I bought the video card back in April. Um, I finally got that installed into my current computer in June. Um, but, you know, the, the first component was the video card. Uh, second component I bought last month uh, was um, the power supply, which is... Um, which I haven't installed into my old build simply out of laziness. Um, my old build is relatively secure right now, so I didn't want to screw with it. So power supply is still sitting in the box, but I have it. Uh, so that was the second uh, computer component I bought for the new build. And the third component uh, that I bought was an all another Samsung uh, solid-state hard drive, 500 gigabytes, um, so that that's now my, the third Samsung uh, solid state drive that I bought. I have one two terabyte, which I have uh, my a friend helped me get into my laptop. Uh, I have one five hundred gigabyte, um, which is which was which was and is in my current computer build. And then last month I bought yet another Samsung solid state hard drive. This time an M M two drive. Uh, which took a lot to figure out how to install and tiny little screws and getting, you know, trying to meet that challenge. But I did ultimately succeed, got the uh, 500 gigabyte M2 solid state Samsung drive in the current build. So now I have two 500 gigabyte solid state drives um, and my light sim and computer apps on my big computer uh, are currently... Uh, installed there um and then the other component which i got in may was my computer case so so far for the new build uh i had going into july uh, i had the new computer case i had the power supply i had an m a new an, a sata m2 drive and it's not ideal that it's sata but my old motherboard won't support nvme so it was sata so uh case sata m2 um, power supply, and then in, in July, uh, I really worked the numbers really, really hard, uh, you know, figured things out, and I am pleased to say, uh, that I was able to meet all of my needs, uh, not all of my wants, but meet all my needs, and still, uh, purchase a Ryzen 3600, uh, which is a AMD processor. Uh, I, I haven't been keeping track. I think AMD has since released their next generation of Ryzen processors, so now I'm behind naturally, uh, as soon as I buy it. But, um, you know, it's a six core processor, a little slower clock speed than my uh, current i7-4790K, um, but I got the processor, um, and that's an important, important step uh, in uh, getting the components I need for my next computer build. So uh, now the components I have remaining to purchase uh, are the motherboard, uh, which I you know, my uh, the budget is $200 uh, that I can get it for slightly less than $200, over the $200 mark with tax, uh, which going into next month I can't afford. Uh, I'm going to have to spend my money elsewhere if I want to buy a computer component. Um, so hardware, looking at the budget, hardware 
I'm not going to make any more progress on hardware next month, unfortunately, unless I buy RAM. Um, and buying RAM before buying a motherboard doesn't seem like a good idea. So uh, my challenge now in regards to budgeting is not only set it, setting up a budget that works for next month and meets all as many of my wants and needs as possible, but also uh, allows me to hopefully save some money uh, to, you know, kind of, you know, to supplement um, my budget going into September to allow me to buy a motherboard, which is my next step. So uh, it's, there's going to be delay, a delay in buying the motherboard, it looks like. Um, my, my, I, so I'm trying to rewind and go back to where I was trying to start with that. Um, my budget uh, for July, I, I was able to make sure I spent more on food. I was able to buy a computer component. Um, and not I not meet all my wants and desires, but meet all my needs, uh, and meet a fair amount of my, my wants. Uh, going into August, uh, power bills, uh, I budgeted $100 for the power bill, uh, thinking it would probably be higher, because I, it, you know, it's really hot in Chico in the summer. Um, I live on the second floor, so the apartment tends to get hot anyway, so... Bottom line, I use the air conditioning a lot. Uh, I use my computer a lot, so I expected the power bill to be around the $100 mark. Uh, it came in at 10307 So spending $3.07 more than I expected to spend on power, um, and, and, my po- and relative to last month, my power bill um, was 5336 So, you know, I had some extra padding last month. Uh, because my power bill was lower than I initially bu- budgeted for. So, uh, going into this month, uh, the figures break down, um, to be, uh, looking at the, uh, what I term mandatory expenses, uh, rent, power, internet, phone, food, laundry, transportation. Uh, that breaks down to a total mandatory expenditure of $710.40. So, uh, last month the total mandatory expenditures was $657.29. Uh, so the mandatory expenditures are up. Uh, I think that's mostly due to the power bill. So, um, you know, it's paying, you know, it's my choice to use the AC as much as I do. So, um, I live with the consequences of that. Um, and going into next month, uh, I'm still playing with the numbers a little bit, but I, but I've got it pretty well laid out. Uh, uh, Disney Plus plus, um, my Google storage subscription, um, plus Amazon Music Unlimited works out to be $13.97. So, you know, that's not a necessarily a huge amount of money to spend on all that stuff. Uh, podcast, sticking with two podcasts, so that's $14 again. Uh, you know, again, chasing the numbers, um, whether that's really worth it or not, I don't know. Um, I'll keep thinking about it and evaluating it. At, a mo- at the moment, I have no money budgeted for cigarettes. Uh, we'll see if it stays that way, and that's probably one of the numbers that I'm going to fiddle with a little bit. Um, and then I have $10, um allocated for my um flight sim um navigation expenses um and then i have my five dollar membership uh dues to the democratic socialists of america uh and then uh i've carved out from the leftovers uh 150 dollars uh which i plan at the moment, it's just a plan. It could change, but at the moment, um, I've run, run across uh, the need for. Uh, I have a big, huge widescreen monitor that I bought on credit and shouldn't have bought, really. Um, and the fact of the matter is, the monitor is too big; it's too wide. Uh, I need to downgrade to a smaller monitor, and uh, ideally. 
um, I'd like two smaller monitors. So um, I've done some shopping. I probably need to recheck and make sure the monitor I've selected is going to do the trick. Uh, it's at least at the right resolution. So at the moment, um, my recreational mis- miscellaneous expenditures for next month break down for 80 to $85 to for a new computer monitor. And um, I am for flight sim. Uh, I am thinking about actually dipping my toe in X-Plane because I've been interested in the Airbus lately. Uh, I have learned the Airbus A320 series. I feel fairly confident uh, in my knowledge of that aircraft, at least as far as the simulator can simulate. Um, And I've been... I've got the Aerosoft A330, uh, and I'm, I've got 77 hours logged in that at this point, I think. So, you know, totally, totaling seven or eight flights, one of which was a crash. So I'm getting to the point where I feel like, okay, I know this plane pretty well. I feel like, you know, I've, I've gotten my money's worth at 77 hours. You know, the airplane was roughly $50, so, uh, let me do some quick math here uh, to figure out what that works out to. And that works out to be $0.65 cents an hour, roughly. Uh, and when you compare that to most entertainment things that people buy, that's a pretty good bang for your buck. Uh, I will end up flying the airplane more, of course. Um, it's uh, It's not my favorite airplane in my fleet, but I will end up flying it more, so eventually I'll get more bang for my buck end up uh, paying less than 65 cents an hour to uh, use the aircraft. But, um, you know, I I feel like I've gotten most of what I can out of that particular add-on aircraft, and now I'm thinking about getting the Airbus A350 for X-Plane, and uh, that's going to run me $65. So, you know, as long as I spend 100 hours on it, which I'm thinking I probably will, um, whether those will be uh, an enjoyable 100 hours or whether it might be kind of a struggle in some regards. Um, you know, it's, it's $65, uh, uh, so that's the second part of the $150 recreational miscellaneous expenditure budget next month. Uh, so $65, you know, Figuring that I'll use it for 100 hours, um, that works out to be 65 cents an hour. Um, so a little bit more expensive than the A330 was, but um, you know, 65 cents an hour is not bad. Uh, with the goal of of, of uh, spending 100 hours on the airplane. Um, now that you know, there's the gosh, you're you're going to invest more in flight sim and you're committing yourself to spending another 100 hours. Uh, actually, I, I intend to spend, you know, get my time in the A330 up to 100 hours. So that's another 30 hours that I intend to spend on the simulator. Plus, uh, the 100 hours that I'm now considering spending on the A350. So... That's 130 hours uh, right there. I don't know how that breaks down into, you know, how many days that is. But I can tell you that's a lot of days. Um, Probably a week worth of time uh, that I'm thinking about investing in the the simulator. And, uh, you know, another, with with another month's worth of, um, you know, the navigation subscription, my... Total expenditures potentially. I obviously it hasn't been set in stone yet, but my total uh, potential budgeted expenditures for flight sim per next month um, looks to be seventy five dollars, um, and that's still, you know, I I've spent more on flight sim in a month. Um, I think the most I've spent is like. You know, in the neighborhood of $150 uh, on flight sim in a month. Um, and I, I spent a lot more on flight sim with the stimulus check. I shouldn't admit that, but I did. Um, so, you know, the idea of 
spending another $75 on flight sim, um, I'm evaluating whether that's a good choice or not. Um, it's, I get paid on the 31st. It's currently the 17th of July. Um, so that means there'll be 32 days in the, uh, that I have to go in between paychecks. So I have to think about that. Um, but on top of that, I have to really stop and consider and think about whether I want to spend yet another $75 on flight sim. Uh, I'll tell you this much. Um, I did some writing this morning. Um, and, you know, I, I started out wanting to write, um, kind of an, another, a blog entry of sorts, uh, because I've run out of space, uh, to do more podcast episodes on my flight sim podcast. Um, so I started out wanting to do a blog entry of sorts, kind of articulating, um, the magic of flight simulation and, you know, the fact that a new generation of flight simulation is, is about to, um, uh, start, uh, with P3D V5 being already out in the marketplace and with Microsoft Flight Simulator coming out, uh, I believe August 18th of next month. Um, so, you know, I've, I've already purchased P3D, uh, version 5, uh, that's the platform, uh, I expect I'll end up using. Uh, I haven't actually installed P3D V5 yet, um, I've only spent, uh, fifty nine ninety five on it, I think it was. So, you know, I've only invested sixty dollars in P three D uh V five. So if I don't end up using it as my main sim platform, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. But it's you know, still having spent sixty dollars, you know, that's sixty dollars that I don't have. Um so I've already bought an next gen sim. Um uh I I, I have X-Plane 11, uh, that I got as a result of a press interview I did with, uh, Laminar Research, uh, a number of years ago, uh, shortly after the release of X-Plane 11, I think, and, um, you know, I got the real privilege, uh, to do an interview with, um, Austin Myers of, um, Laminar Research, uh, and, uh, that was great, great experience to have. Uh, looking back on it, um, and uh, fortunately, I had uh, I was working for Sky Blue Radio at the time and had press credentials, um, and uh, so you know, as part of that, uh, I I I have a copy of X Plane Eleven that uh, I haven't used in a while, just sitting there lying around, um, and a while ago, I uh, looked at X Plane Eleven and said. Oh, I think I want to use this thing, you know, it's just been, I have this, you know, I have this license to use software, I haven't used it. Uh, I think I'm going to install it and use it. Um, and, um, you know, at that point I bought uh, Weather Engine for Active Sky for X-Plane. Um, and then I, uh, something happened, I can't remember what happened, um, and I decided not to invest in X-Plane, um, so that, you know, that $30, $20-$30 or whatever it was on Active Sky, I didn't actually end up using it. Um, but now here I am in a position to where I want actually three aircraft as I think about it. Um, there's good, Flight Factor makes a good 757 for X-Plane, um, that I would like to get at some point. Um, there's a 727 for X-Plane that I would like to get at some point because I'm into classic airplanes now. Uh, being that the 747 is sadly being retired uh, by British Airways and, um, you know, the more airlines retire the 747, uh, the more flying that in the sim becomes about nostalgia. Um, remembering the good old days of the 747-400. Um, and I said it in the other podcast, but I'll say it here too. Um, my heart goes out to all the flight crews, all the cabin crews, um, all the airline support staff, mechanics, ground handlers, baggage handlers, uh, all the many 
by dispatchers, all the many, many people that work in the airline industry. My heart goes out to you uh, as you're facing layoffs uh, as a result of the pandemic. Um, I wish you the best. Um, I, I, I really do. My heart goes out to you. Um, so with that in mind, uh, being an aviation geek, um, in, in as much as I realize that the 747-400 in particular, um, is an old aircraft. It was released in 1989, the 747 itself, um, I believe started flying in 1970 or around there, so, um, you know, it's been 50 years since the 747, uh, entered airline service, give or take, and, um, you know, probably another, uh, you know, 52 years since the airplane was designed, so it's a 52-year-old design, um, it's a, um, you know, it's been in service for 50 years, uh, we're now at the point, uh, where, uh, newer aircraft, uh, like the 787 and A350, as an example, uh, can carry 250 to, um, 350 passengers on average of, uh, about 11,800 pounds of fuel an hour. Um, compare that to the 747, um, you know, which is somewhere in the neighborhood, uh, it calculating average fuel burn throughout the course of the flight. You know, it's more like 23,000, 24,000 pounds an hour, sometimes more. Um, you know, and granted you're carrying 380 to, uh, you know, uh, 475 passengers somewhere in that range. Um, but given that there's a reduced passenger demand and given that fuel prices are what they are and it's not good, it's not environmentally sound to be continuing to burn, um, that much fuel an hour, uh, to carry that many passengers, um, you know, it's, I understand why the 747-400 in particular is being retired. Uh, I understand why, uh, airlines, more airlines didn't order the 747-8. Uh, it's an old aircraft design, uh, you know, four engines. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't need four engines. Um, and outside of, you know, uh, cargo, uh, the 747 as a passenger airplane, uh, its days are numbered. Um, and in British Airways, its days are, have ended. Um, so, yeah, the studying the 787, uh, as I've done, I, I'm flying the 787 now in the sim, and studying the A350 is, uh, those are both airplanes that I'm interested in. Um, I have the 787 for P3D V4 uh, already. I'll continue to use P3D V4, but um, if I want an A350... Uh, I'm going to have to get it on X-Plane. If I want a good 757, I'm going to have to get it on X-Plane. And if I want a 727, I'm going to have to get it, get it on X-Plane. So, um, bottom line, um, I think for the moment, uh, looking at just next month alone, not looking beyond that, um, I've decided not to buy the new Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've already purchased... Um, uh, the next version of P3D, so, uh, whenever, whenever I feel like that's stable, I'll, I'll use that. Uh, I'll go from P3D V4 to P3D V5. Um, but, um, you know, I, I have to, you know, and I, I have, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of air, 85 airports and, uh, probably 10 high quality airliners, uh, for, P3D that V4 that will work for the most part in P3D V5. So, you know, I've invested significantly in P3D. Um, you know, starting from scratch doesn't make much sense to me. Um, um, and so there's that. So, you know, it, for the immediate future, um, if I'm, if I'm going to maintain my simulator activity at its current level or try to reduce it, 
uh, I need to stick to P3D, uh, you know, ideally to stick to P3D V4, um, and then not use P3D V5. That would be a step in the right direction with fighting my, fighting my flight sim addiction. Um, but, um, you know, I, I really am not sure whether I want to invest more in X-Plane or not. Um, so I'm evaluating that decision, you know, because I spend enough money on one simulator. Um, you know, you can only imagine that I'd spend more money if I got a second simulator, started using a second simulator, you know, P3D plus X-Plane. And then you think about the idea of, okay... You start buying add-ons, more add-ons for X-Plane, you start using X-Plane more. Now you have P3D, X-Plane, and then, you know, another six to seven months goes by, uh, add-on developers start releasing, uh, good high quality add-ons for, uh, flight simulator. So, uh, now you start investing in the new flight simulator. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. So now, now I'm looking at the prospect of having three simulators, uh, that I'm actively using, uh, that, uh, you know, you spend a certain amount of money on that each month. Um, and on top of that, you have to com- keep up with computer hardware, and we already know that that's, uh, a challenge for me. Um, I haven't spent as much money on computer hardware as I have spent on Flight Sim software. I'm making up for that now paying the price for that now, uh, because I'm out of date, so, um, you know, the, the prospect of spending more money on flight simulator is dubious, so I'm really thinking, really reviewing the situation on whether I should spend more money on flight simulator or not, um, so I, I've kind of wandered, uh, with this episode, it's gotten long, um, I think I'm going to end it there, I may have to cut some things, uh, to make sure that I have the space to upload this file. Um, but I thank you so much for listening, especially as I go through my struggles. I really do appreciate uh, you, um, you know, taking the time to listen and to hear what I'm going through. Um, and as a reminder my, to myself, you know, I'm not doing this for the glory of having listeners. I'm not doing this for the glory of having downloads. I'm not doing this... So other people can validating, date my feelings. I'm doing this so I can externalize my feelings and process my emotions better. That is the reason I podcast. So with that, uh, I thank you so much for listening. If you do have feedback, please visit the website and comment nicnacjak.net. Uh, not enough traffic goes to that website. Uh, I spend money on that website, so use it if you feel so inclined. Um, and also look for that, uh, piece of writing, uh, that I've been working on, uh, and, uh, we'll see if I release it. I'll probably release it on knickknackjack.net more before I release it on fsridealong.com. But also check out fsridealong.com if you're into Flight Sim, want to hear more about that, uh, fsridealong is the place to go. Um, and, uh, finally, uh, you can email me. N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com. Uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, secondarily, uh, if you're a Twitter user, uh, Twitter is my t- primary social media platform these days. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K. Um, I also have a Facebook, facebook.com slash knickknackjack, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K. Uh, so if you want to hit like on that as well, um, that's an option for you. Um, been getting some negative reviews, uh, particularly on the Flight Sim podcast in, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, so, uh, that's kind of been, sent me into a tailspin, um, but if you do want to leave a constructive review, uh, either of this podcast, uh, the Knickknack podcast or the FS Rodlong podcast, in Apple or Google or whatever platform you like to use for listening to podcasts, uh, feel free to do so. Um, just, you know, try and be kind and constructive or as, as kind as and constructive as you can be, you know, don't be a dick. And other than that, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landing. <laughs>